Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Edward Quinones, hosting alongside my guy. What's up, guys? This is Nate. Good to be back. Oh, yeah. So some of you that are watching it, uh, either on YouTube or wherever we upload it, obviously something a little different this year. We're doing a little bit of video. Uh, for those of you that will be joining on some guest podcasts, if you don't feel comfortable doing video or anything, just let me know. We don't have to. Um, but I figured we'd spice things up a little bit this year and uh, let everyone see our faces. For those of you that might not be in the league and might be listening from elsewhere or whatever. So, But yeah, so just to do some uh, some recap of last year, some of the changes that we made last year, uh, even going into last season and kind of this year. Uh, so obviously we had the league trophy. Um that's always a, a good one, and then Nate's going to escape there real quick to go grab it. So I'll give him a second to to pull that up and around. There she is, a thing of beauty. Uh, so those of you that will be attending his draft in person uh, this year, we'll kind of get to see it. we got the nameplates there from last year. So, again, Scott won last year, so congratulations to him. Uh, I know he's going to be looking to do a little back-to-back this year, so it should be a fun one. Um, from there – Again, we're going to continue the league median for this upcoming year. Um, it will be manually tracked, unfortunately. Uh, ESPN hasn't done anything to incorporate uh, the league median and actually tying it in there. I know they have like a loss thing that they just added, uh, but I just don't think it calculates for wins and losses. So that's unfortunate. Um, and then from there, we have our head-to-head schedule. So we'll play everyone once. And then the first three matchups at the end of the season will be replayed again Uh head to head so nate do you have anything you add no that that covers the basics uh i know we have one new member of the league sean welcome to the league he was recruited by sean by sean (laughs) we got we got we got double trouble there this year um i don't think eddie is has mentioned it yet but i reached out to him and nobody be alarmed but I told Eddie that I'm going to be taking a little bit of a step back from the podcast this year. So I'll be doing the draft preview, which is what we're doing today. The draft breakdown, which is what we'll be doing next week. But then thereafter, I would really like to kind of take like a guest podcast host role. Um, I'll likely be on, you know, as much or maybe a little bit more than most other guests but I would like to kind of step back more into a frequency that, you know, I would be viewed as a guest host rather than a weekly recurring host and not for any um, negative reason or anything like that. Like I love hosting with Eddie. I love coming on when it's, when it's fun to prepare and, and record, but I've just decided that uh, especially if you guys don't know, I also do a baseball podcast for a league that we all, that most of us play in that doing it week after week can sometimes make it feel like work. And I've just decided that, you know, hobbies we do for fun shouldn't feel like work. So when it got to that point, I just decided that it would be better for me to step back in terms of frequency and the amount of time that I spend on the podcast specifically. But I'll still be around regularly this year, just not every single week like I have over the past two seasons. So just a heads up that we will try to be spurring participation through that sign-up sheet. Yeah. So hit me up. Let me know if you guys want to hop on. I know we got a few already for the first uh, couple weeks. I know Sean C signed up, uh, JC signed up uh, for a couple as well. So 
those of you that are interested, please reach out. Let me know because, you know, obviously this is a little bit more fun when you have uh, one-on-one going back and forth with another individual. So, uh, yeah, just let me know. Yeah, we won't leave Eddie so. hanging to do the solo monologue yeah, yeah. podcast this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those uh, as fun as they were to do last year, uh, prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and move on to kind of some of our main content. Obviously, this is a little bit more of a draft preview thing, so we'll give you some of our rankings and where we feel some people will uh, will maybe get drafted, what our rankings are for the top 12. So starting it right off the rip. Um, kind of have a draft preview of the first round, kind of what we think it's going to look like in no particular order, obviously, because we don't want to give away where our positions are at in terms of the order of where it's going. So this is just, you know, 12 people that you think should go in the first round and, and kind of have those values. So I'll go ahead and start it off myself. Um, go from there again, no, no particular order, but this is kind of how I, I have a feeling like this upcoming year will come. Uh, there's some interesting ones in here, but this is kind of where I'm going to go with it. So I, I think first one's no surprise is Cooper Cup. It's going to go in the first round at some point. So he's in there. I have uh, Debo Samuel. I have him possibly going in the first round. Um, Devontae Adams is another surprise. one. Yeah, I have some analytics that I'll get into uh, towards the end of the podcast that will tie back into this that uh, actually genuinely surprised me. Um, and, I, you know, I don't want to sway anybody's uh, way that they, they – draft teams or anything like that, but I think it'll be pretty interesting. So I'll get into it a little bit more in the podcast. Uh, so from there, you know, I got a, a QB run here. I think we're going to see more QBs this year taken in the first round that we've seen in the past. Uh, so I think we're going to see Herbert, Allen, uh, Burrow taken in the first round there. And I actually had Herbert in here twice. Didn't mean to put Herbert in there twice. Uh, Rogers was another one that I was going to throw in there. Um, I could probably see him going in the first round. It's a little bit of a surprise and a little bit of a shocker. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore, so he doesn't have his go-to target, but I think he's still going to be slinging the rock around quite a bit. So he could be a surprise coming in. Um, and for those of you that know, I have the first overall pick, so it won't be for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, that one's a little bit of a shocker. And then, you know, I have my running backs after this. I think JT, Najee, Henry, CMC, and then Eckler. I think all those guys – We'll go in the first round. So, yeah. I will give you my order of how I think the first round is going to go. I, don't, I mean, because this is not my personal rankings of the top 12. It's just how I think, how you think it, it's going to go, how yeah. it's going to play out. So, I'm going to actually start from 12 and work my way up to mm-hmm. number one. Okay. At number 12, I have Derek Henry going. Number 11, Najee Harris. Number 10, I got Joe Burrow, nine, Jamar Chase, eight, Lamar Jackson, seven, Koopa Cup, six, Justin Jefferson, five, Justin Herbert, four, Christian McCaffrey, three, Patrick Mahomes, two, Josh Allen, Number one overall, I have Jonathan Taylor. Without a doubt. Say, that's, not even a, that's not even a question. <laughs> I so. would say the only, the only player that I left out of this first round that I had reservations about excluding, because I think that he's a popular name, a late riser, if you will, this preseason, is Austin Eckler. That's the yeah. one guy that I wish I was able to squeeze in here, but I'm pretty confident in these 12 guys going in the first round. 
Yeah, and you mentioned someone that I think will fall into the first round, and I guess I had him kind of as a fringe player as well in terms of just guessing to see what people are going to jump on and what they're not going to jump on, and it's Chase, Jamar Chase. I think uh, I think he should make the first round. Um, and I think after I kind of explain a little bit what I do later in the podcast, uh, there's a chance that he's probably going to go in the first round, you know, just by curiosity, most likely will. So, um, but yeah, so. I don't, I don't mind that. I like that order. Uh, just for everyone, no shocker here. You heard it here first. 1.1 is JT. Nobody else is going at 1.1. So just letting everyone know that's happening. Um, I think so, I think regardless yeah. of format, Jonathan Taylor is the safest first overall pick. Yeah. That's in one QB, two QB, mm-hmm. super flex. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he's the best one size fits all. But I do think that he is the safest option for the number one overall pick, regardless of format this year. I agree. I, you know I'm in a bunch of other leagues outside of this, and I'm in a a dynasty league that just started back up last March. So this was after the season was over between the year. I traded up for the 1.1 overall pick, and I got JT back in March. I said there's no other human being that I think should be drafted at that 1.1 spot outside of him. So, like you said, I think he's the safest choice out of anyone uh, for that position. Because some of those other guys, like, you can look at their situations and what's around them, and it's a little questionable. uh, But I think he has the best situation around him to succeed and kind of produce at that level. So, Yeah, interesting to know. I don't necessarily know how our draft room, the order of players, is going to be. Like, I feel like ESPN every single year, it's such a mystery until you get in there in a 2QB league. But I'm looking at ESPN's top 200 Superflex League rankings, which is, I guess, the closest um, in terms of format rankings that they have posted on their site. They have Jonathan Taylor number four behind Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. So I don't really know how it's going to look in our draft room, but interesting that ESPN in Superflex formats has him outside the top three. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a little interesting how they have him set up that way, but I don't know. Again, I uh, I keep saying this segment, but when I get to the segment later, it was a huge surprise for me when I actually started looking into it. So it'll be, it'll be pretty interesting. So, but yeah. What, what do we so, got next? Going into our next section, we have the top three players at each position. So just kind of going to go through QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, and just give me, you know, your top three players at each of those positions. Again, doesn't have to be in any particular order. It's just your top three. So, go ahead and take it away with your QBs. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give all my top three in order. I I have yep. no I I don't really think that at the very beginning of the draft, the first two rounds, that many people yeah. disagree strongly about player rankings. I guess it's just a matter of preference at the top. Mm-hmm. And. My personal ranking of a player I don't think is going to inspire somebody to completely change their pick if they already have their minds made up. So yeah. with that being said, my my top three quarterbacks in order, I got number one, Josh Allen, number two, Justin Herbert, number three, Patrick Mahomes. I think most people's top three this year is some combination yeah. of those three guys. Uh, I think the discrepancy that I have seen is who to put it two and three between Herbert and Mahomes. I think a lot of people have Josh Allen at number one and I am no exception to that rule. I literally, so I did have mine in order over here. 
but I had Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. So just flip-flop those last two there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a no-brainer between the top three quarterbacks this year compared to kind of everyone else. Uh, again, all these guys still have weapons around them. And, you know, some of those other guys like Rodgers, uh, Brady, he could – I mean, he finished amongst the top quarterbacks last year. It's just his age, kind of have those questions. But now he has Julio, Mike Evans. Yeah, like he's getting up there the in age. Man, so literally. If he can do it again – this year and finish up there good for him i mean great i don't mm-hmm. think anyone's going to take him inside the first probably round and a half maybe he's probably going to found fall further than that so if you get him second round even third round that late uh, i still think you're going to get good production for him but still it's still up in the air so but yeah so i'll go ahead and lead us off with my running backs um i think there's a guy in here and i mentioned it actually earlier in in one of our group chats but We'll get to him. So I have Jonathan Taylor as my number one, easily. Uh, I have Derrick Henry as my number two. I think his injury last year, he's not very injury prone. And, you know, it just happened that once. And I don't think he's going to have any issues going forward from here. Uh, you know, they got some more offensive weapons at wide receiver and stuff. So there's a little bit of help there for him. Uh, they got new quarterback situation. So I think he should be okay. And then at number three, which I personally think, if I had a further pick in the draft, this is my go-to guy at a running back is Najee Harris. I think he's in an amazing position. He's got a rookie quarterback. The wide receivers are pretty decent, but knowing rookie quarterbacks, they don't really tend to sling the ball a lot. Najee's going to see a lot of action this year, I think. So he's my easy number three. So what do you think? The I love Najee. Um, I agree with everything that she said, and I think that he has the talent and skill set. And I think he's going to be featured enough in that offense to do it. The only reservation that I have is that the Steelers' offensive line is going to be a bottom five offensive line in the league. So I think if he does it, it's going to have to be by volume. And really what I mean is passing volume because I don't really see him rushing. for. I I don't see him being in like the top eight in rushing yards this year. I just don't see how that can happen with the offensive line that they're running out there. But I do like Najee this year. Um, I just think that I'm not going to get him one because of draft position and two, because even though I still like him, I think a lot of people like him just a little bit more uh, than I would be willing to pay for him. But my top three in order, Jonathan Taylor, we both agree is number one. Number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. I know that that is uh, a controversial pick for number two. He's burned some people. Some people still love him. I don't, full disclosure, I don't think that I'm going to get him. Maybe maybe I do. Um, I guess it just depends on how the draft board shakes out, picks one through seven. But I don't think that he'll end up on my team, even though he's my number two running back. Number three, this is where I'm really going to spoil my hand a little bit, and it could come back to bite me. Um, my number three is Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe Mixon. I can't hate I that. Think, I, yeah. I mean, I I just love the Bengals offense this year. Every player in that offense, you know, I I guess it just depends on who gets the most volume is who's going to be the biggest fantasy stud. But I actually am drawn to that because I think it takes pressure off of every single player in that offense. Joe Burrow doesn't have to carry the offense because he has a great running back and two amazing wide receivers. Neither of the wide receivers. Yeah, neither of the wide receivers have to carry the offense because, you know, they're not going to get double covered. You can't Mm -hmm. cover two on Jamar Chase because then T Higgins is going to dominate and vice versa. 
And Joe Mixon, they're not going to stack the box because the passing offense is so good. So I think that in an offense like that, maybe he's not going to get as much volume as Najee Harris. And when I say maybe, he's definitely not going to get as much volume as like a Najee Harris. But I think that the the field is going to be opened up enough for him because of how good the passing game is. So I really like Joe Mixon this year. He's my number three running yeah. back. I, I can't hate it because I was kind of a big Joe Mixon guy last year going into the year. Um Every year is his year, you know what I mean? Like for the past three years, everybody's like, it's Joe Mixon's year, he gets hurt. It's Joe Mixon's year, he gets hurt again. Last year, he actually was able to kind of produce a little bit to put himself in that position to actually have a say in terms of, okay, I think this year might actually be his year. Especially with the offense that's around him, um, like you just mentioned, it's going to be hard not, It's going to be hard for him not to produce at a high level just because he's going to have the looks. The offensive line is upgraded. They did some work there, so... Yeah, I can see that happening. That one's not too bad. So, but yeah. What do we got next? Wide receiver? So, wide receivers. We'll go next. A uh, little bit of a contradiction here in terms of what I stated. Again, what I think will happen in the first 12 rounds in terms of wide receivers taken, in terms of what I think the top three wide receivers are into the draft. So, I'll go ahead and lead us off here. I think this one was hard for me to put in order uh, just because. There's some new quarterback situations with one of these players, so I'm just not really sure how it's going to translate. So, obviously, Devontae Adams I have on there, and then I have to go with my two LSU guys, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I think those guys are my top three. I think they will produce again at a high level going into next year. I have reservations on Cooper Cup. I think he's great. I think he's amazing. He had a really good year last year, but a year like that is really hard to replicate again, Um, especially as a wide receiver being fantasy player number one. That's like you can't, he's not going to repeat that again, I don't think. So I think the safest guys in my top three guys going into next year again are Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. So what do you got? I agree with what your main point was on Cooper Cup. I will say that though their offense has changed, I don't think that it's changed in a way that is unfavorable to Cooper Cup. You know, they sent out Robert Woods, they brought in Allen Robinson. Now they don't have Odell to feed. I know that he kind of came on late, but Cooper Cup didn't just fall off the face of the earth at the end of the year. He sustained his production all the way through the end of the season. So in my mind, and I think Van Jefferson, I think he's hurt or at least has just been kind of a no-name in camp so far. So when you consider you got minus three names that were being fed at any given point in the season last year, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson... You're just adding one back. I mean, I know Van Jefferson is still there, but again, doesn't seem like a big factor, at least from what we've heard through training camp. But you are adding Allen Robinson, who I do think is going to be good this year. Uh, I don't see a reason why. I don't think that Cooper Cup is going to be a top two player in fantasy again, but I don't see a reason why he can't be a top three wide receiver for fantasy again. So my rankings in order, I have Justin Jefferson, number one, Cooper Cup, number two, and I didn't feel great about number three, but I am going to give the respect to Jamar Chase. I just, love again, love the Bengals' offense this yeah. year. And he showed the talent to be a superstar as a rookie. Yeah, I agree. So I think that second year, the sophomore year in the NFL is pretty favorable to young players that show a lot of talent their rookie year. So I put Jamar Chase there. Yeah, I mean, I respect that. I... uh Again, I think me throwing Devontae Adams in there and you keeping Cooper Cup in there kind of is two opposite sides to a straw in terms of 
what I think Cooper Cup's production is going to be next year, coming off of last year. And then obviously this says what you think Devontae Adams will be because he's been your guy for the past, like, well, like two years or so. Like, you love mm-hmm. you some Devontae Adams. So, still yeah, do. Uh, I just don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that he's Car. going to be very good, but yeah. you just don't know. Devontae Adams has been made a fantasy superstar as a Green Bay Packer, as a wide receiver, number one target for Aaron Rodgers. Their car's still good, and the Raiders are a good team, but changes change. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I could be completely exactly. wrong. He might be the number one receiver this year. We'll see. I mean, him and Carr have that chemistry, and they've had it going for a long time. So it could yeah, they be... played together in college, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be a fun year. I, th- I still think he has a chance of finishing top three. So, But, yeah. All right. And then the final one. Tight ends. What do you have as your top three tight ends for this year? Yeah, this one's interesting. I think, again, there's a unanimous top three similar to quarterback, but I think it's anybody's guess or it's anybody's preference as to how you rank these guys because I believe last year Mark Andrews finished as the number one overall tight end. So I can't argue with anybody that wants to rank him as their number one tight end, but that's not how I have it. I have number one, Travis Kelsey. So really no change from the past four years of fantasy. Yeah. Number two for me is George Kittle. Uh, He looked really good when he came back from injury last year. And I know Trey Lance isn't a rookie anymore, but this is going to be his first presumably full season as long as he doesn't get benched or hurt. And typically quarterbacks, when they are starting for the first full season, like to rely on their tight ends. He has Debo. So I don't think that Kittle is going to be his number one target by a long shot. He might not even be his number one target, but I think Kittle's volume is going to be enough for him to be a top three tight end. And for me, that's number two. And then number three, I do got to give the respect to the reigning tight end one. I have Mark Andrews as my tight end three. Yeah, I agree with your first two. I think Kittle and Kelsey, I think, are one and two easily. Um, Kelsey being one, Kittle two. Number three, it's a little bit of a curveball. I had a choice between a few guys. and You obviously have Andrews, you have Waller. And then I got one guy that his quarterback situation is a little fuzzy right now, but I still think that he can get that production. I think it's Kyle Pitts. I'm a big Kyle Pitts fan. I think he's going to do great. And I, I think this year he really has a good chance. Obviously his quarterback situation is a little iffy. You got Mariota. You got Desmond, so like it's still a little bit questionable, but I think Kyle Pitts is probably going to be that guy. They don't really have any other offensive weapons. Ridley's literally out for the whole year. They have no one else to throw the ball to. Uh, you have Patterson, but he – you never know how his production is going to be this year. Supposedly, he might not even – he's not supposed to be in every down back this year again. Like They're going to rely on yeah, somebody he's else. So, yeah. I think he's going to so, be a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts in terms of – the volume he's going to see this upcoming year definitely has a chance. Like I think he's going to have over a hundred catches this year. I think pretty easily just because there's no one else around him to catch the ball. So yeah, he's my number three hundred catches is a big thing. I know, but that's really big for a tight end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Kelsey has eclipsed it for the last few years, but that's Kelsey. Yeah. I think, I I mean, Kyle Pitts is like a a big wide receiver just sitting in the tight end side. They're going to move him around. They're going to play him at tight end. They're going to play him off the line. They're going to play him at the X, the Y, whatever. They're going to put him everywhere. So I think he's going to see the ball a lot. So 
the one thing he has going for him is that he is the only name in that offense. Like you got Mariota, literally. Who who else is in that offense? (laughs) No, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I I literally couldn't name anybody else. Oh wait, Drake London. I did forget that he is in that offense as well. He's in that offense now, but I still think it's yeah. Other than those, other than those four players, I literally couldn't name anybody else on the Falcons' offense. Couldn't do it. Desmond Ritter, their backup quarterback, that doesn't count. Their backup QB, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my top my top three tight ends right there. Obviously, number three is a little bit questionable because you got a couple other guys that have proven themselves that they can be in that top three spot. But you know, I think there's a change coming in the tight ends, and some of the young guys are going to start working themselves in. So. Yeah, Yeah, Eddie, so sticking with the theme of the episode, you asked me if I wanted to add anything. I thought, you know, we're talking up players and who we like this year. I thought it would be appropriate to balance the episode, if you will, by talking about who we think would be our biggest reach at each position. Not necessarily a bust, uh, Mm -hmm. but I guess my intention with adding this segment was, who do you think is going to be spent, or who do you think is is going to have early draft capital spent on them, but is going to fail to kind of live up to that cost. So again, sticking with the theme of the four major positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, who's your biggest reach at quarterback this year? It's hard and easy for me to say this, and I'll give you two reasons. This guy, I love him as a human being. I love him as an NFL player. I have a little chant for him. You know what the chant is, but... I just think, again, he – I just don't think he's going to produce at the level where he's going to get drafted at, and that's Dak Prescott. Just don't see him producing at that high of a level of where he's going to get picked at compared to some of those other uh, QBs ahead of him. Um, you know, does he have a chance to do it? Yeah, uh, but I think more than likely not. It's He's just not going to produce at where he gets picked at, so – Nick brought up a good point to me this past weekend that I believe the Cowboys just lost their best offensive lineman. So that's that's going to be that's going to affect everybody in the offense. It's going to be tough. This one is a I think just a personal thing for me. I think that most people really like this guy, but my biggest reach at quarterback is Kyler Murray. I think that over the past 2 years He's established a really high floor for himself with how well he rush, you know, he runs the ball. But he's also had some nagging injuries, I think, in different parts of the last two seasons each. And I don't know, there's just, I'm not going to read into it too much, but there is a reason that stories like his, you know, the homework clause of his contract get out. And... Again, I don't want to read into that too much or overreact in terms of how it will impact fantasy, but I think what it indicates to me is just a slight maturity issue. That might not have zero impact on fantasy, but if there's a guy that I expect, or not necessarily expect, but I can see a path more for negative regression rather than positive growth, that's not necessarily a guy that I want to spend a premium pick on. And I think Kyler Murray, while he has a high floor, I don't really see him reaching a new ceiling. I think it's more likely that he reaches a new floor than a new ceiling this year. Um, again, not nece- it's not because of that, that homework contract clause story. 
but I just, I'm not like a big Kyler Murray guy as it is. And then when you hear, I don't want to paint him as a bad guy, but when you hear negative things in the media about a guy that you're already not like a big fan of for fantasy, it just, I don't know, I just don't like it. Yeah, it just turns me off even more. Like, I'm not going to take that guy. So I just think he's going to fail to live up to expectations. I, I think that he is a borderline first round pick for our league. And I think that, uh, I don't think that he's going to live up to that this year. I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback. Yeah. I, I, it's hard not to agree there. Um, he's a guy that I probably wouldn't even touch until the beginning of the third round. Even the second round for me, for him is still a little questionable. There's a lot of guys that'll still be there at the quarterback position that I'd much rather have over Kyler Murray. Um, but no, I, I do agree there. He's definitely one of those guys. It's just, yeah, he's just, he's there, but it's like, it's exciting if you get him late, but like if you have to pick him early, it's just one of those things where you're just not sure of. So, right, turn around yeah. and give me your biggest reach at running back. Um, this will be a shocker, and I think it'll be a shocker for most of you, but you already know. I just don't know in terms of where he's going to get drafted. Yes, his production could be really good, or he can get hurt like he has been getting for the past three years and then not produce at all. And it's CMC for me. I think a lot of people have him valued at the number two overall pick. He hasn't produced in that spot, and he's been getting picked at that spot for the past like three years or so. So I don't know. It's not anything crazy, you know, but I still think for a guy who hasn't really produced at that level in a a few years to get him at number two again, um, I think that's – that scares me. I'm not a big CMC guy. I don't think he should get picked in for, until like late in the first round. Um, I think that's when it's the safest to pick him. But yeah, I can probably see him going right after I take JT in our draft at number two or number three. So, but yeah, that's my guy. The way you opened up there, I thought you were going to pick Saquon. You said this is going to be a big no, no, surprise. No, no, no. I thought you were going to pick no, your no. guy Saquon to be the biggest reach. I, he and, be shocked. He, I actually think he's going to have some good value coming into this upcoming year. But again, He's projected to get picked in the early second, late first, as to where mm-hmm. CMC. They're both in a similar situation coming in. It's just the value of where they're projected to get picked is the yep. big like discrepancy. I can understand so, that. Yeah. My biggest reach at the running back position, a guy that I have zero interest in drafting at ADP this year, is Javante Williams. I know that he has shown talent last year as a rookie. But the fact of the matter is they re-signed Melvin Gordon. It's not even a continuation of a contract that they were already obligated to. They decided to bring Melvin Gordon back. I don't care what the reports are. This was a true committee backfield last year. And if they decided to bring him back, they must have liked what he brought to the table last year. So I just don't want any part of that with a first three-round pick, which is exactly where Javante Williams ADP is currently even in like two QB super flex leagues. So I think by far uh, the biggest reach at running back for me is Javante Williams. Yeah, not a bad one. That's a tough pill to swallow for me because for the keeper league, I have him in my keeper pool because he's a guy. <laughs> I think, I mean, but he falls, I think, late third round for me or something like that. So it's like, eh, it's a tough pill to have, swallow. I think for you have me, Swift. I, see it. I think you have Swift yeah, in the uh, third round in that league. I want to say you have Javante Williams in oh, the fifth Williams or the sixth round. Fifth round. That's what it is. He's yeah, I mean, round. I would, so, I would keep good, him at that value. But third yeah, round, so, no, no I'm yeah, no. not going to get him anywhere. So, but yeah, so 
All right, never mind. That pill wasn't as bad to swallow. I got my <laughs> I got my rounds mixed up there with my running back, so not bad. Um, How about wide receiver? But yeah. This one, I didn't write anyone down because I had a really hard time thinking about like top guys. I really like Devontae Adams. Love the guy. But he could be one of those guys that falls into like that kind of reach. Again, I don't know what it's going to be like in with the Raiders in Vegas. You have Darren Waller. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't really have any red zone people to target. Like it was just Devontae Adams. It's on the one yard line. You have Aaron Jones behind you. Fuck it. I'm just going to throw it to Devontae Adams in the corner. Like it was just one of those things. Yeah. That option isn't necessarily as readily available in Vegas. Obviously, you have Darren Waller on the goal line. You have Josh Jacobs behind you. You got a lot of weapons around you. So I think his production has a chance of, you know, falling down a little bit in terms of where he's going to get drafted. I think he's going to get drafted mid to late first round. And he's just one of those guys. I'm just on the fence whether he's going to return that value or not. So you didn't even mention the best fantasy player on the Raiders offense from last season on a Renfro who finished as a wide receiver one. I believe he was wide receiver 11 on the year last year. So that's interesting. I will, I will point out that's interesting that you ranked Devonte Adams as a top three wide receiver, but you also think he's going to be the biggest reach. One of the biggest reaches at the position. That's, that's why it was a tough one. Maybe, maybe you're just lower on wide receiver this year as a whole. There's only a few guys that I really love this year mm-hmm. at wide receiver position. And then from there, it kind of trickles down. So, My pick for wide receiver is related to your pick for quarterback, Dallas Cowboy, CeeDee Lamb. I was, yeah. I was big on CeeDee Lamb last year. I picked him expecting a breakout or hoping for a breakout. And he was good. Like, I didn't hate having him on my team. But the breakout certainly did not come. And I think that yeah. he is being priced as if the breakout did come. Maybe not along the lines of like a Jamar Chase, who's being drafted yeah. as a top three, at the very worst, top four wide receiver. But CeeDee Lamb, I think on average, is being drafted as like a top 10 wide receiver. He hasn't come close to finishing as a top 10 wide receiver in either season that he's played so far. So I think that he's going to end up being the biggest reach if for nothing else, because he's being drafted um, basically at a cost that he hasn't proven yet. And I think that you're just not leaving yourself any room for what Jake likes to call profit, right? You want to draft guys either at the value you you expect them to produce or lower than the value you expect them to produce. Can't do that with every pick. Um, but I, I think I think you want to do that with like your third and fourth round pick, and that's where CeeDee Lamb is going. So I think he'll be the biggest reach. Tight end, I'm going to turn around and give you my pick for biggest reach. You're going to break my heart here. Eddie, it's Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I knew it. For, this, for the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, for the same reasons as CeeDee Lamb. He is being priced as a top three-ish tight end or going right behind the top three tight ends basically just based on pedigree, based on talent. And that can work if he if he breaks out, but you're essentially justifying cost if he does break out. Like if he breaks out, then it was a fine pick, right? Like mm-hmm. you 
you got what you expected out of the pick. It's not like Cooper Cup in the fifth round last year. I'm drafting him to be my wide receiver too, and then I profit because he's a top two player yeah. overall in fantasy. <laughs> if Kyle Pitts yeah. reaches his ceiling and is a top three tight end, then the pick is just good. Like it's just what it was supposed to be. So I think if you know the pick needs to, or if if Kyle Pitts needs to hit his ninety to ninety fifth percentile performance on the season to justify the pick, then I think it's an easy choice for me for biggest reach at the position. Yeah, I guess a question coming off of that: Where do you mm-hmm. see Kyle Pitts getting drafted in our league, and where do you value him getting drafted for his actual return? I see him getting drafted no later than 10 picks after the third tight end is taken. So my top three, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, I think in some order, those will be the first three tight ends taken in our league. And I think once the third of those three guys is taken within 10 picks, so essentially the same round, or if it's at the end of the round, the first half of the next round, I think you'll see Kyle Pitts go... And I would personally wait multiple rounds between those top three and Kyle Pitts. I would definitely, you know, I I think I would be comfortable ranking him as my tight end four. But for me, there's a teardrop just because I feel like I know I'm getting a sure thing with the top three guys. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I think you're drafting and drooling over the potential, right? With an early pick, I don't want to draft potential I want to draft safety and production. Yeah. I know that may seem contradictory because I ranked Christian McCaffrey as my number two running back, but he's shown it before. Kyle Pitts has never shown it to that superstar level before, even though he definitely does have the potential. I concede that. Um, But again, I don't want to spend any of my first four picks on potential. That's why I was all over Jalen Hurts last year. I, I really loved the idea of him. When push came to shove and it was actually my turn to pick with one of my first three picks, it's just so hard, even though you love a guy, to gamble with one of your first three picks. It's so hard, even though I really did love J- Jalen Hurts last year. Yeah. I mean, he did okay. I, I, he, he did great. I think he was yeah, a top yeah. six quarterback. It's just that yeah. I couldn't pull the trigger. And I think it was Jake, maybe, who drafted him in the fourth round before it got back to me. So I just, I just didn't get him. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. A tight end for me again. It's it's one of those other ones because there's such a big teardrop when comparing you know guys that have produced in that top three to four spot compared to everyone else. So usually year in and year out, it's hard to to say you're going to reach for a tight end because most people know the three to four tight ends that they're taking. Those are solidified usually, and they're usually not much of a reach. Like those guys are going to give you the production that you're looking for, and then that's it. And then you have a couple rounds of pass by, a few rounds of pass by, and then the next tier of tight ends comes in. So this one is a tough one because I value Kyle Pitts at such a high place. Like I can't put him as a guy that I think is a reach because I believe that he has that opportunity, just like you said. It's it's more so, I guess, on his ability and type of athlete that he is that it's hard for me to think in my mind that he is not going to produce at that level. Obviously, you need some other pieces around you. Like, you need a tight end who's going to – I mean, not a tight end. A quarterback who's going to throw you the ball, different things like that. So, I couldn't pick a reach at the tight end position. I think most of the tight ends usually go roughly where they're going to be taken. Um, And just to not contradict myself and for moral reasons on Kyle Pitts because I have a lot of shares of him, I just can't pick him there. So, yeah. 
if gun gun that's to your head though, you there. you might pick Kyle Pitts. Uh, I convince you head, a little but bit. It's... No, did I make a good there's argument? Another guy, you made a good argument. You made a great argument. Okay, I, I can't I can't fault you for your argument. Who's uh, who's the other guy you're thinking? I, I don't know. I it, Darren Waller was a guy for me that I thought maybe his production's not going to keep up. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. He's a guy because I I think Devontae I would rather Adams have is there now and. Mm-hmm. I think I would rather have Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, but I think that says more about how I value Darren Waller than it says about how I value Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Like I, again, Darren Waller, it's like, he's an amazing athlete. He's great. And he showed that he can produce, but his situation is a little different. Like you brought in the number, one of the number top three wide receivers in the league. You have Hunter Renfro who finished as a wide receiver one last year. You got a backfield that's really solid. So I don't know. It's tough for me. And obviously Devontae Adams and Carr have that chemistry. So I think Carr is going to be force feeding a lot to Devontae Adams. Waller is going to lose a little bit of his touches. So, yeah. I think that the top three tight ends should go in the third, in the first three rounds, you know, wherever you prefer to take them, whatever. That's where I think they should go. And then I don't think Pitts or Waller should go until the fifth round. That's how I am valuing these guys. Yeah. I have Pitts like in the fourth, like, Early fourth, late third. Is where I, I think he's probably going to get taken in the late third. Yeah, I could be wrong, I think but I think three, that's where he'll end up getting taken. Three eleven. Who knows if he gets the, if he's there at three three uh, three twelve or four one. Who knows? So, uh, but yeah. So we'll go ahead and uh, move on to our next section here. Bringing back something that we did last year uh, as well. This is kind of our bold predictions uh, player edition twenty twenty two. Um, so we're going to start with the first question here. I'm going to throw it your way and you let me know what you think. Which QB drafted outside of the first three rounds has the best upside to be a top 10 fantasy QB? Side note here, nine QBs were drafted in the first three rounds last year. So that kind of lets you know, you know, there's that nine and then from there it falls. It has a chance of being higher this year, but who do you think is falling out and has a chance to be in that top, top 10 QB conversation? So when I originally was preparing for this, I was looking at sleeper ADP, which is different from ESPN ADP. And I still have it written down, but I think it's totally unrealistic that he actually falls outside the top three rounds. The original pick I had was Aaron Rodgers. He's the more that I think about it and the more that I'm looking at ESPN Superflex League rankings, he's not gonna fall outside the fir- the first three rounds. Yeah. I think I think there is a group of quarterbacks that would be on the fringe. But I'm going to go ahead for selfish reasons and exclude this guy from my expectation of quarterbacks going in the first three rounds, even though he's on the border. So I'm going to say Derek Carr. I think that he is a borderline late third round pick, but more likely probably a fourth, very, very worst, a fifth round pick in our league specifically as a quarterback. And he is just the opposite tail. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I did this right. I did this right. I was looking, I was reading half of your (laughs) next question, which is player drafting inside the first two rounds. That's likely to finish Finish as a bust essentially. Yeah. So I did read this right. Uh, Derek Carr is who I'm predicting to be uh, drafted outside the first three rounds but has a really good chance to crack the top 10 at the position. And 
it's for all the opposite reasons that Aaron Rodgers is being a little bit devalued this year. Aaron Rodgers has no yeah. weapons. Derek Carr has all the weapons. He has, you know, reigning wide receiver one for fantasy, Hunter Renfro. He has, over the past three years, I believe Devontae Adams has been a top three wide receiver twice. So let's call him top three in in perpetuity at this point in his career, Devontae Adams. He has, over the past three years, I believe Darren Waller's been a top three tight end twice. He has him at tight end. Josh Jacobs is not a stud, but he is reliable enough. Yeah. There's really no pressure on Derek Carr to to shoulder the load of the offense. No. And he has a lot of talent around him. So I think he makes sense as a pick that's that doesn't have the talent to I think justify an early round pick, but good enough talent around him that I think he'll be he'll make for a great fantasy quarterback this year. Yeah, I agree. I think for most of the reasons that you just listed is why I picked this guy. And for me, it's Tua. I think Tua's probably going to fall out, um, but he has a a lot of weapons around him. I think that offense is built really well around him. Uh, Obviously, he has Tyreek Hill now. He has Waddle, two of the fastest guys in the NFL. Um, I think he's poised to finish within the top 10 in quarterbacks uh, this upcoming season. If he doesn't, he just sucks because the weapons around him are really good. Um, so I think that's, that's my guy. I, I think he's going to fall out, and he's just going to be close enough to, to kind of that region within the top three rounds, fourth round-ish. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say two on that one. I like that pick. I like that pick. And I agree with you that this is his prove-it year. If he doesn't do it this year, he is likely not going to be a – long-term starting quarterback for any team. Agreed. Yep. All right. So moving on to the next one, which player drafted inside the first two rounds is most likely to finish outside of the top 50 players this year. I'm going to give a little shout out to myself last year. Not really shout out because I was still wrong, but I was very close. Pick Aaron Jones. He finished at 48. I was like 50. Mm. So I mean, I was pretty close. It was, it was yeah, a close it was call. Close. Yeah. Who are you going with uh, this year? I'm, I'm curious to let you go. This first. year, uh, probably it can be a surprise. Uh, it's a wide receiver. I think I'm going to go DK Metcalf. The quarterback situation isn't the greatest. That offense kind of sucks. Kenneth Walker will likely start there, and I think he's going to get a lot of touches just because the inconsistency at quarterback position. Uh, I love DK Metcalf as a player. If he has the right quarterback with him, as you've seen with Russell Wilson, he's electric. He's great. Uh, I just don't think that he's in a situation where it's in his best decision or not really best decision, but he's just not in the best place for him to score and finish high. So, but yeah. Interesting note. Not that I necessarily disagree that, you know, he could, I could fathom him going in the second round, but ESPN Superflex rankings have him ranked the number 67th overall player wide receiver 16. So they have him going in the sixth round. I think it's a little late. I think it's a little late, too. Yeah. I would say that the second round is too early, but again, I I wouldn't say that it's inconceivable for me to see him going there, but I just thought that We've was We've had some questionable, questionable picks in this league before, yeah. so he's one of yeah, those guys have. that I feel like falls on that fringe. So it, it might be a little bit of a cop-out answer because he might not even finish and get drafted in the top two rounds, but I think he's one of those guys that 
when people look at him, his name is like, okay, it's DK. You know, you're getting towards the end of mm-hmm. your second round and you're looking for a guy that you want at wide receiver. All the top guys are gone and you see him floating around and it's like, okay, I'll bite on him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. My what pick is Dalvin Cook. I don't really have anything negative to say about him other than I've noticed myself in mock drafts taking Alexander Madison as the only handcuff running back that I draft. And not even, like, I don't even draft Alvin Cook. I just take Alexander Madison um, when I need, like, extra running back depth. And it's really just because I can see it's it's happened multiple times over the past couple seasons where Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Madison is a more than capable backup running back. He He turns into a fantasy-relevant running back by a good measure when he yep. is named the starter for Dalvin Cook. So... I, you know, it's, it's really hard because first two rounds, like you can pick quarterbacks who you think are going to disappoint, but a quarterback drafted in the first two rounds, let's just speak plainly, is not going to finish outside the top 50 players. They just score way yeah, more no. points than most mm-hmm. of the other positions. So you can't really pick a quarterback here. And then you look at the wide receivers who are, you know, locked in, locked in for first two round picks. I'm looking at Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. That's basically the extent. If you want to throw in, uh, oh, I missed Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. I like those guys. Unless they get hurt, they're not going to finish outside the top 50. No way. So it really just comes down to a matter of who do you think is most likely to get hurt. Maybe somebody else would say Christian McCaffrey. I just happen to go with Dalvin Cook here. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good point. when looking at guys that are going to fall out like that, it usually comes with injury in the first two rounds. Like there aren't many guys that are healthy for a full season that don't repeat a production in terms of at least getting within the top 50. Um, and that's kind of what happened with me with Aaron Jones last year. He got hurt, what, like two games, and that's why he kind of fell back a little bit more. Again, I've hated Aaron Jones for a while <laughs> because two years ago he screwed me because Devontae Adams was just getting touchdowns on the one-yard line. so But uh, but no, that's a good point. I like that. So, all right, this next one is kind of the topic that I was talking about earlier in the podcast. That was a little bit of a surprise to me when I was looking into it. I was kind of doing a little bit more research into kind of, you know, the finishes amongst all fantasy players, you know, top 20, the amount of them that are running backs. And it's kind of shocking because you always say, you know, you always go running back first. You, you know, you get running backs – they secure you your points. They always get you the points that you need. But then when you actually do the research into it, not very many of them actually get you that production that's going to boost you to that next level in terms of you know picking within the first three rounds and, and finding those good ones. So over the last two years, we have only had a total of six running backs finish within the top 20. It's combined in the past two years. Only six running backs. Last three, last year, were... JT, Najee, and Eckler. He had some injuries and stuff that pushed some people back. Um, and then the three the year prior were Kamara, Henry, and Cook. So again, a total of six running backs that have finished within the top 20. Um, I do have a feeling like this year that might be a little bit different. Like we might have, you know, f- I think there are five guys in my head that I think have a really good chance of finishing within that, side, that top 20 uh, in that position. So I ask you, kind of thinking about that and actually looking at it and saying, okay, 
there haven't been many very, very many running backs in the past, you know, two years, even three years that have finished inside the top 20. What five running backs do you think have the best chances this year of actually eclipsing that mark? Yeah, so easy first three are, are the guys that I have ranked mm-hmm. one through three, which are Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon. JT and CMC have both done it. I know CMC wasn't over the last two years, but the year before, I think he was the number one player in fantasy. So he has done it. Joe Mixon, getting to kind of the meat of your question, who do I think has good chances of taking a step forward for fantasy? It's Joe Mixon for me. That's like the biggest guy this year. Najee did it last year. He's actually my number four to kind of repeat that performance. Maybe in a different way, because the team looks a little bit different this year, but I think mostly due to volume. The fifth, Eddie, you're going to like this pick. This one I kind of picked based on talent. It is Saquon Barkley. My boy! For for the number five, uh, or my number five running back, who I think can crack the top 20 overall players. So, Saquon... I'd um, love to hear that. I think his rookie year, he was the top five to eight running back. He has the talent to do it. He just needs to stay healthy. So that was my pick for number five. Great. I love to hear that. Love the Saquon love. It's good to see some Saquon love back. He's looked really good in the offseason. I mean, he's been running people over in practice. He looks really good. So we'll see. So obviously my top three guys are the guys that I listed above, you know, JT, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, being some of those guys, I think Najee will crack that uh, that top 20. I think he's going to finish within the top 20 overall. And then these next two are guys that I would like to see it. I just don't know in terms of their production and their injury and history in the past if it's going to happen. I think CMC is set up in a good position to do it. That offense is actually pretty good. They have DJ Moore. You know, you have Baker now, which – it's Baker, so you never know how he's going to do. Um, CMC, like, you you got some guys around him that can actually make some plays, and so he has a chance. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to actually be able to do it, but I give him a chance to be able to do it. Saquon's another one of those guys that I put on that list, um, and this is more so for personal reasons. I love Saquon Barkley, so I think the Giants – have something this year where they actually can have a chance for Saquon to actually produce that offensive line looks significantly better than it's looked in the past like three years. Um, so I think the pieces no around Eric him are flowers. <laughs> yeah, no, no more. Oh, Jesus. That name just gives me goosebumps. I hate him. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, no more Eric flowers. You know, we have Evan Neal in there, Andrew Thomas. Like we got a lot of really good guys on that offensive line. So he has a chance. Uh, and then there's another guy that I would like to throw on that list that has a chance. Um, And it's actually Zeke. I think Zeke has a chance this year. He looks really healthy coming out of camp. He looks really good. He looks like he slimmed down a little bit. Like he's trying to look like Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard was doing better than him for a little while. Um, But, you know, I, I think, you know, with the pieces around them, that offensive line, obviously with Smith kind of going down, hurts significantly because that's their best offensive lineman. It's probably one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play the game. Um, so yeah, it's for me, I think CMC and Zeke are the two guys that I'd make, or not Zeke, Saquon are the two guys that I'd put at four and five that I think are probably in the best position to kind of make that leap mm-hmm. forward. So, but yeah. 
anything additional to add? No, the Zeke pick is interesting. I he's yep. <clears throat> he's another guy that I have pretty much no interest in this year. Um mainly because I'm I'm not a Zeke guy. But then also when I heard that they lost their best offensive lineman. Again, it's kind of like the Kyler Murray thing. You're not a fan of the guy in general, then you hear negative news. You just it just turns you off to them even a little yep. bit more, so but hey, that's that's your pick, yeah. though. I don't I yeah. don't have to. And I mean, all of your picks. and I'll be honest, he's not a guy that I would pick while I'm drafting, but never know. I, I know that they've been working him out in different spots in that offense, pulling him away from the backfield, different things like that. So, but yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, so that wraps up kind of our main segment for everyone. There, we're gonna go ahead and go to our around the league segment here. Uh, just kind of some news and notes going over some of the the big things that obviously happened over this offseason. A lot of things happened this offseason. Um, it's going to start it off right here at the top with Tyreek Hill going to Miami. Uh, obviously, Tua is not Mahomes. He will never be Mahomes. But, you know, what do you expect in terms of fantasy production? Do you think that Hill's production stays the same or goes down? And what do you think about Waddle's production? Do you think his production will go up? So the same, like, what do you expect in there? I think that there will be slight regression for Tyreek Hill, although I still think that he will comfortably finish as a, as a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. I mainly think that the way that that will play itself out is that the booms, the big games, will not be quite as large. When he was a <laughs> Kansas City Chief, Tyreek Hill had a propensity to put up two 50-point games per season. So I think that really elevated him to be a top three wide receiver pretty consistently. I still think he's going to put up wide receiver one numbers all the time. I just don't think that he's going to have 50-point games twice a season. I think maybe his ceiling now with Tua is a 30-point game. Um, With Mahomes, it was three touchdowns and 250 yards in a single game. Halftime. Right, right. So like, (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen in Miami, but... I don't think that that necessarily changes his value as a player. I just think that he is not going to single-handedly win you your fantasy matchup anymore. Um, yeah. As as it relates to Waddle, I don't think that he benefits from Tyreek Hill being there, like attention being taken off of him. Like, sure, it's a good thing, but I don't think that he suffers either. Um, like, I don't think that the difference between Jalen Waddle continuing his rookie breakout into his sophomore season, again... The added benefit of not being double covered now that the league knows that you're legit. But then there's more uh, target share to go around from Tua's perspective. He has to feed Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle now. So I think that those two things kind of offset one another. I think that mostly those two guys will stay the same. Again, with the slight caveat that Tyreek Hill is probably not going to be a weak winner anymore. Can I, I kind of agree. I think uh, the only place where I differ a little bit more is I think Waddle's production is definitely going to go up, and I think he's going to see an increase in fantasy in terms of kind of taking that step forward. I think Waddle last year finishes a wide receiver two, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. for the year. So I think he has a chance of actually jumping up into that wide receiver one spot and, and kind of getting some of those receptions and that production. So uh, I do think Tyreek Hill's production goes down, but at the same time I think waddles goes up so i think they just flip-flop in terms of wide receiver one wide receiver two so i'd be curious to know 
how many times over the last, let's say, decade, a team in real life has had two wide receiver ones for fantasy. Yeah. Now, you could point to something similar, but not totally the same, with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey over the past three years. Like Travis Kelsey has been the best tight end in football, basically, over the last three years. I know last year was a slight exception with Mark Andrews finishing number one, but let's just say over the last three years, Tyree yeah. Kill has comfortably been a wide receiver one. Uh, Travis Kelsey has comfortably been the best tight end in football. I would think that that is the closest example that you could get. Um, but again, otherwise, I'd be curious. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, a team that had two wide receiver ones for fantasy on the season yeah. in the same year. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think that's why I'm really saying that that's probably where the flip is going to go. I think, you know, mm -hmm. Hill might fall to a wide receiver too, right on the fringe. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, but I think Waddle will kind of take that step up. So. I'm just a little bit bigger on Waddle than I am on Hill. Sure. At the time. So. And like I said, it, it's it's obviously possible yeah. for two pass catchers, let's just call them, to put up insane numbers because Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have been doing it for mm -hmm. years now. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see that one. All right. So now we're going to go to the QB movement. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that moved around during this offseason. Um, you know, I'm going to list off, you know, some of the quarterback movements and kind of how they went and just kind of curious to see, you know, what, what your rankings are, you know, from what the best move for a quarterback was this offseason and an organization to the worst move. Um, so I'm going to list off these list of guys and then, you know, I'll have you go through them afterwards. So at the top, I got Baker to the Panthers, Russell to the Broncos, Matt Ryan to the Colts, Wentz to the Commanders. Mariota to the Falcons, uh, Watson to the Browns, and Locke to the Seahawks. From top to bottom, best to worst, what do you give those uh, quarterback landing spots? Yeah, so I my grades here are worst, worse, okay, good, better, best, in that order, going from... Gotcha. Bottom of the barrel to top of the line, right? Yeah. Uh, for Baker, so I'll just go in the order that you listed them. Baker to the Carolina Panthers, I have as okay. I don't see yeah. much boost or drop-off in Baker's value in a fantasy context, jumping from Cleveland to Carolina. Okay. Not really much to elaborate on there. Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, I have better. So nearly top of the line move. That's just slightly below best, right? And I'm kind of ranking these relative to one another, right? I'm not necessarily yeah. saying Russell from Seahawks to Broncos is better. I'm saying mm -hmm. among these seven quarterback moves, who is the best fit yeah. for which team they landed on, right? So I have mm -hmm. Russ as the better grade. I think going from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to... Cortland Sutton and Jerry, Jerry Judy. And I think you get a more sure thing in the backfield going from Rashad Penny and an always injured Chris Carson to Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I don't think that there's going to be any drop off in Russell Wilson's ceiling or floor. I think if anything, with kind of a younger offense who's shown as much talent as the guys that he played with in Seattle, I think that 
you know, he could be more consistent, if nothing else. Yep. Matt Ryan to the Colts, I actually ranked relative in this, you know, grouping of seven as the best. I think Matt Ryan is not going to be fighting for his life out there like he has been, or I should say like he did last year with the Falcons. He was just getting crushed out there. The Colts actually have a great offensive line. I mean, go look at Jonathan Taylor's season last year if you don't believe me. And they have Michael Pittman for him to throw the ball to. So I think, you know, Matt Ryan is... I th- like the biggest biggest improvement is the offensive line, but it's it's going from one of the yeah. worst to one of the best, so that you can't yeah. underrate that at all. So that's why I graded him as the best move here. Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, I have as worse, not worst, but worse. I don't like that. He's going from the aforementioned best offensive line in football from the Colts to the Washington Commanders, who. I'm not necessarily familiar with their offensive line, but they're just not a good football team. They've cycled quarterbacks in and out over the past couple of years. So I'm just not excited to really have any Washington players on my team. Marcus Mariota to the Atlanta Falcons. I have is okay. Similar to same grade as Baker Mayfield. I mean, you're getting you're you're going from a backup quarterback role, I think he was on the Raiders, to now a starting job on the Falcons. That team is just kind of a raw piece of clay, and the front office is going to have to mold it and kind of build it back up. Maybe he is able to recapture some of the appeal that he brought as a starting quarterback for fantasy and and run. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to make make anything of it since he hasn't been a starter for a number of years. So just have it as okay. Deshaun Watson to the Browns, I have as good. So... Slightly under Russell Wilson to the Broncos, slightly over Baker to the Panthers, and Mariota to the Falcons. I have it as good. Caveat being he's going to miss, what is it, 11 games that he got suspended? Yeah. So you're not going to be able to play him really until the playoffs. But when he does play, I mean, you have Amari Cooper to throw to. David Njoku's, he's okay. Um, you have yeah, Nick Chubb they just resigned him to a big contract, so... I can't remember if they have any other pass catchers. Obviously, they don't have Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham anymore. I think they have like Donovan no. Peoples-Jones, yeah, Rashard Higgins. Um, so like, Amari Cooper is going to be his number one target. But I mean, yeah. that's no worse than what he had with Houston all these years. Yeah. He had Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, but Will Fuller's yeah, kind of been it. a one-hit wonder. So, yeah, I think that's good. You know. The Browns are a dumpster fire organization, but the actual product, if everybody's on the field together, should be pretty good in theory. Mm-hmm. And then the last move, Drew Locke to the Seahawks. That's the worst. Drew Locke sucks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> who the heck did who Geno Smith? Is that the other quarterback mm-hmm. there? I'm pretty sure they named him the starter for Week One. So that just uh, this that just spells out that this is obviously the worst move because he couldn't even win the starting job over Geno Smith. Yeah. So, <laughs> I agree. agree. Any thoughts to add, Eddie? Any um, any particular grade that I gave out to these guys that you didn't agree with? No, I think most of them make sense. Uh, I would maybe switch uh, your, your best out with kind of like, uh, so like your Russell Wilson... And your Matt Ryan, I'd maybe switch those. 
I think the move that the Broncos made, obviously you're doing this relative to, to kind of what's on here, but I'm also thinking relative to what they had beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the best move out of any of the teams here. Uh, oh, I would agree with that. Going yeah, from Drew yeah. Locke to Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Um, and then I think, you know, Matt Ryan I had at my number two. Uh, I actually had Baker to the Panthers at my number three. I, I think this is new for him. I think it's a new place for him. I think he has a chance to actually succeed here. Uh, he doesn't have to – I don't think he really has much to lose going to the Panthers right now. It's just a new start for him. He's just going there, and he's playing, and he's he already won the starting job, which I don't think is much of a surprise. He's facing Sam Darnold, who's not very good. But, um, yeah, and then at number four, I had Watson to the Browns. At five, I had Wentz. At six, I had Mariota. And then at very last, I had Locke. And the reason I have Wentz and Mariota at their respective positions is because both of those teams drafted a quarterback. Um, Obviously, you didn't expect these two to to kind of sit around for too long and have those positions. So I think those trades for them weren't really the greatest or signs. Um, But, yeah, we'll see how those kind of work out. So. You forgot oh, yeah. to put uh, Mitch Trubutsky to the Steelers. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I would kind of group like that that's... in with like Wentz yeah. to Washington. Yeah, He is just like... a transition from Ben Roethlisberger to Kenny Pickett. Yeah. yeah. And that offensive so... line is terrible, so they're just going to play him so that if somebody has to get hurt, it's going to be Mitch it's Trubisky him. and not Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I just don't – I don't know. I I just don't expect – I think Kenny Pickett's probably going to end up starting probably by like week six or seven. I don't think Trubisky is going to do that great. Unless he goes out there and absolutely lights it up and he learns something from Josh Allen while he was with the Bills and he does something crazy, which I don't expect happening. Um, Yeah, I just just don't see that turning out very well. So, Eddie, I'm going to put you on the spot for one final question before we wrap up the episode. And I'll go I'll go first so that you have a minute to think about it or look at whatever rankings list you want. Mm-hmm. What is going to be the biggest surprise pick? And I'm just going to explicitly define what I mean by surprise, meaning the player gets drafted way earlier than where you expected or where you think they should go. I'll tell you who who I think it's going to be. Okay. I think it's going to be rookie wide receiver for the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens. I think he is going to go extremely early. Um, and I won't necessarily put a round on that, but I think he is going to be drafted as a starting player. Like a week one, put him in your lineup starting player in terms of rounds. So I think that that would be, I guess, in the first eight rounds. Mm-hmm. I think if I have my count right. Yeah, 8 9. I want Oh, uh, well, not including defense. If we're not, yeah, so if, yeah, we're, eight, if we're taking yeah, out kicker eight. and defense, I think that would be yeah. the first 8 rounds. So I I I think the surprise just just off the cusp, my prediction is that the biggest surprise pick will be George Pickens goes by the end of round 8. Huh. I like that. I like that. I got a couple guys in mind. Um I think these guys have a chance of going within the top eight. I think just curiosity from that point. Um, 
I think Julio is a guy that has a chance of getting picked in the top eight. I just don't think he's going to return that production. That's going to be a surprise in general. Um, he's going to a great offense, don't get me wrong, and he's going to one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Just that offense is kind of stacked around him. Um, By the way, I was just thinking about our lineups. It's actually top nine rounds because you got two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex. That's eight plus tight end. Yeah, that would that, be nine. Yeah. So, so I'll say Pickens way. by the end of round nine. Yeah. I think Julio by the end of round nine is also one of those guys. It's just kind of like, eh, he hasn't really done anything in a few years, and he's got a lot of weapons that are around that offense that he's coming into. So he's another one of those guys. I don't know. Um, I'm just look, kind of looking at my list here. I'm yeah, I put you on the spot. So yeah, no yeah. worries if you're not passionately in love with whoever you pick, or I should say yeah. passionately firm on who you're picking as the biggest surprise i've just noticed in mocks like i've been running mocks with uh nick and michael and Uh even scott a couple times on sleeper just you know just for the fun of practicing and Mm -hmm. it seems like one of the four of us takes not that early but one of the four of us jumps the adp on george pickens every time and i think when you have i want to say there's at least eight of us in the league out of 12 that are from Pittsburgh or fans of the Steelers. When you get eight guys in a room, I think it's just going to, I think the animosity of like, well, who's going to take him first? Like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get back to me if I don't pick him here. I think that he's going to get picked pretty damn early. Yeah. Uh, That's a really, uh, that's a good point. I just don't know. Uh, Julio, I don't know. is the first guy that popped into my head. Um, I don't know, another guy, I feel like someone might reach for him, Cordell Patterson. Like, they're going to think about his production last year, and they're going to be like, ooh, he's going to do it again this year. I just don't think it's going to replicate. So he's another guy that I'd probably put in that list that will get drafted as a starter and just won't get the playing time of a starter. And it's going to be an ugly pick. Like, everyone's just going to look at it and be like, ugh, like that's, that's a bad pick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's probably what I'd put for those two, just off the top of my head. Fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. That wraps everything up for this first episode. Again, thank you, everyone, for coming on. Thank you, Nate, for hopping on uh, to record today. So, like he said before, he'll be on and off for a little while. He'll be back next week for sure to kind of do uh, our recap of the draft. And then from there, you know, he'll just kind of be a guest hopping on and off. So, for those of you who would love to join or would like to join, please let me know. Uh, it doesn't have to be video every week. If you guys don't want it to be video, we can just do audio uh, if some of you aren't comfortable. So, but yeah, that being said, Nate, you got anything to say? No, I mean, give the people what they want to hear, right? Even though I'm not going to be, I guess, a regular host this season, every time I come on, I still will uh, send us off the same way that I traditionally have, which is with, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Here. Yeah.